Well, if you didn't bring a Bible with you this evening, would you hold up your hand and let our ushers get one to you so you can turn with us in the Scripture? We're going to be going to 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, 1 Corinthians 12. We began last week on a new series we're calling Being Hungry for the Holy Spirit or Hungry for the Gifts of the Spirit. And we want to continue this evening. Everybody ready? 1 Corinthians 12, 31. But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. Covet earnestly. The NIV says eagerly desire the greater gifts. Eagerly desire. The Dewey says be zealous for the better gifts. Eagerly seek. Set your hearts on. Covet. Normally when you see the word covet in scripture, it's used in a negative sense. Don't covet. But here we're told of God to covet something. Covet's a strong word. Another way to say it is just to earnestly desire. To hunger for. We might say to crave crave. We're not supposed to think about cars all day and all night and crave cars or houses. It's all right to sow seed for one, claim, believe for one, be excited about it. That's fine. That's good. The Lord wants you to have it, but it's not okay to think about it all the time and crave it and think you can't be happy unless and until you get that. That's covetousness. The Lord is our fulfillment. We are complete in Him. We don't have to have a car for our joy to be full. Come on now, are y'all with me? Young people, watch out for this. Well, if I could just get my car. Well, if I could just, you know, get this job. Well, if I could just find that perfect spouse, then I'd be complete. No, you won't be. If you're not complete without it now, you won't be complete when you get it then. Well, I'm looking for that perfect person to complete me. Not going to happen. No. You are complete in Him. When two complete people get together, you got something. <laughs> two people searching, trying to find somebody to complete me. How many st- Did you hear how selfish that is? Why do you want me in your life? So you can complete me. Uh, no thanks. How many said that sounds like you're getting nothing out of the deal? Your whole purpose in their life is to complete them. <laughs> Stay close to the Bible. Stay close to Bible terminology. Say it the way the Word says it. Don't add to, don't change it, don't twist it around. If you don't see any scriptures in there about you believing to find somebody to complete you, don't talk it. Find the Bible. Find the Word. Now, this is an insidious thing. And don't think that you're immune to it. I'm telling you, Christians, even Christians that know some word, are using terminology and saying stuff and praying stuff all the time that's just not biblical. It's not right. 
That's why we need to keep our little nose in this book. Every day. And feed our faith and feed our spirit. Why? Because it's going to be alerting us that, well, no, that i got to quit saying that because this says it this way. No, I can't be praying that because he told us to pray this. And we need this continual mind renewal. That's the only way we're going to be, you know, growing and becoming more like him and getting our mind renewed. In uh, verse 31, he said, do what? Covet. Earnestly. Covet means to have a warmth of feeling for. Fervency. Fervency. Are we there? What am I talking about? Are we there what? Fervently. More than any teenager ever wanted a car. We want the gifts of the Spirit. More than any person ever wanted a spouse. We want the gifts of the Spirit. You understand why I'm saying it this way? Because that is not the case with the masses of Christianity. More than anybody ever wanted a house. More than anybody that ever lived ever wanted jewelry or clothes or any of these things or a promotion. We covet I mean, we crave it. We think about it night and day. We got gifts of the Spirit on the brain. We said, is that right? I just read Scripture. The Lord told us to do something, to covet something. When you covet something, you think about it night and day. You dream about it. When you covet something, it means you want it, 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 you want it. You get up wanting it, you want it at lunch, you want it at break time, and you go to bed wanting it, you want it, you want it, you want it. You just are not willing not to have it. You got to have it. You want it. You crave it. You desire it. And we're to do this with what? The gifts. The gifts. The gifts. Of the Holy Spirit. Well, back up to the first verse, 1 Corinthians 12. What do you say now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren? I would what? Not have you ignorant. That's how he started out. Now, when the Bible says, I don't want you to be ignorant about this, when God says, what would you know? That unless you make some effort, <laughs> You are going to be ignorant of it, or he wouldn't have said it this way. And oh, dear me, you don't have to look around far. Most churches don't even believe in these. I know that's a big statement, but it's we're in the minority of believing that all of these are supernatural manifestations and gifts of the Spirit, and they're for us now. We're in the minority. A few more believe it on paper. But never talk about it. And so we must do something about that within ourselves. We must stir up. We must preach about it. And teach about it. And talk about it. And think about it. And get up wanting them. And go to bed wanting them. And desire them in faith. Expecting that we'll have them. Now if it's something you could just produce on your own. You wouldn't have to desire it. You just produce it. So these must not be things you can produce or do on your own. 
Like the scripture said, they're divided to every man individually as the spirit wills. So it must not just be up to us or instead of wanting them, we'd just do them. And the gifts of the spirit must not be something in us that we can just turn off and on when we want to. Otherwise, we wouldn't have to covet them earnestly. We'd just do them. Do you see this? These things are supernatural. They're not by the will of man or by the whim of man. You hear people, there's a lot of confusion, a lot of ignorance about it, like we just read, and a lot of confusion about it. You hear people talking about, I've got such and such gift. And they talk like, you know, well, I can do this or that because I've got this gift. None of these are such that you can just turn them off and on at will. Can't just give yourself a word of knowledge. I don't care how much you fast and pray. How hard you push. How hard you strain your brain. I'll give myself a word of No, you just give yourself a headache maybe. <laughs> he said, I don't want you to be ignorant about these things. Let's read about them. 1 Corinthians 12. He said, verse 4. There are diversities of gifts, different, not just one gift or one kind of gift, different kinds of gifts, but it's the same Spirit. Differences of administrations, but the same Lord. Diversities of operation, but it's the same God which works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. How many of us can expect to have these things manifested in our lives? Every one of us. Is this Bible? Not just a few super spiritual people that pray extra and fast extra. Every one of us can and should have some manifestation of these throughout our life. Every one of us. Say every one of us. Every man, he said. Verse 8, for to one, now here he begins to emphasize the differences in them. Like he said, they're differences of gifts. To one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, and then what he says, to another. So is everybody going to get the same kind of manifestations in their life? Uh Uh-uh, going to be different. To another, the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, what does that mean? Another one yet. Another one, faith, by the same Spirit. To what? Another, the gifts of healing, by the same Spirit. Then he says it again. To another one, we might say, the working of miracles. To another one, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another one, the kinds of, different kinds of tongues. To another one, the interpretation of the tongues. But all these work at that one and the self same Spirit, dividing to who? Every man severally or individually as he will. So we're not all going to be used in the same way. We're not all going to have the same manifestations of the Spirit. And yet all of us can expect some. One or two or three or more of these at different times in our life. Not at our whim. And yet we're supposed to be having them. Now, people tend to spectacularize these things and miss it. This is supposed to be a way of life to us. We're not talking about that you have to be caught up in a trance 
Or that you see an angel come to you and talk to you. These kind of things can happen. But that's the exception, not the rule. You can be driving to work. Just driving to work down the road and get a word of knowledge. Just like that. Just like that. Know something. That there's no way you could have known. Revelation. Utterance. It's supposed to be a normal way of life for us. How's it going to come? It begins by us coveting them. How many of us know that if you're coveting them, you must think they're valuable? You must think they're important. And in the midst of churches and preachers and people all over the place that preach against them, don't even believe in them, that's what we're dealing with. we got to stir up and say, no, these are precious. These are important. They're very important. In fact, I'm not going to live without them. I've got to have this in my life. Got to have it. Now, let's go to the end of the list and begin to talk about these. The last one that he mentioned was kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues. Somebody say kinds of tongues. And then he said interpretation of tongues. He said to one Different kinds of, or kinds of tongues to another interpretation of tongues. Notice the phrase divers is in italics, but the word kinds, K-I-N-D-S, kinds of tongues. Are there more than one kind of tongue? The word tongue literally means, uh, you know, like the tongue that's in your mouth, but by implication, the language. That the tongue speaks. Are there different kinds of tongues? Yes. Look in uh, the uh, 13th chapter. First verse. Somebody say different kinds kinds of tongues. In the 13th chapter and the first verse. He said though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. And have not charity or love, I'm become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. A lot of revelation in this verse about tongues. One, we see tongues, plural, of men. And the implication is tongues, plural, of angels. How many different tongues of men are there? Boy, a lot of them. There are some small countries where there's 20 different dialects just in that one, we'd call it a county almost, or a couple of three counties. There are many different tongues and languages in the world. And here he mentions tongues of angels, apparently different kinds of tongues of angels. And the implication is that we could speak in any of these. It's a possibility that we could speak in some or one or number of different ones of tongues of men and tongues of angels. So we can't speak tongues of angels. Read the verse. Read the verse. Though what? I speak with the tongues of men and. What does that mean? Though I speak with the tongues of angels. How in the world would you do that? By faith. 
by faith and by the utterance of the Holy Spirit. Now, there's a lot of people that don't believe in speaking in tongues, obviously. (laughs) There's a whole lot more people that don't believe in speaking in tongues than that does. And there's a lot of folks that find us quite strange. And if we all stand up and go to speaking in tongues, it actually scares some folk. They go, oh, man, I'm getting out of here. These people are crazy. But it's in the Bible. I said it's in the Bible. It's in the Bible in numerous places. Somebody says, well, I, I think that was just for them then. And uh, that's all passed away. In fact, I heard my preacher say that. <laughs> well, you may have heard it, but that doesn't make it so. Paul, skip down in the 14th chapter of First uh, Corinthians and verse 18. Paul said, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. Now, they had excess of tongues. They were speaking in tongues when they shouldn't have been. They were doing it the wrong way. He's having to correct them. You know, here's a real thought right here. We're going to talk about this, a couple of these verses in just a moment that people use to try to say tongues are not for us today. But why would the Lord give us a whole chapter in the New Testament giving us instructions on this when it was only for a few people for a few days. Hmm? That doesn't make sense. It shouldn't be in the Holy Scripture for all generations. And why do we need any instructions on how to talk in tongues? And it ain't for us nowadays. I mean, he goes into detail by the Spirit of God about what we're supposed to do in the services and what to do and what not to do and how to talk in tongues when you're at home by yourself, how to talk in tongues when you're in church, how to interpret who's supposed to, when, and where. We don't even need that chapter. I mean, a lot of folk, I guess, if they had their way, they'd just tear this out and say, well, that's all passed away. That's not far. But, I mean, you do that with one chapter. Who's to say you're not going to do it with another chapter tomorrow? And another chapter, and again and again, who is it that are saying this is passed away and not for us? It's people who don't speak in tongues. And what they're doing is they're watering down the Bible to match their lack of experience. If we'll be honest about the Bible, all of us, you, me, all of us, day in, day out, week in, week out, we're going to come across things and we'll read them in the scripture and go, hmm, I hadn't done that yet. We're not seeing that in our life. You, me, all of us, all the time throughout our life, we're going to read something and go, I haven't had that yet. Haven't seen that yet. And when you do, you got a choice. Don't you? You read it. There it is. It's real. You understand it, but you don't have it. You got a choice. What's your choice? You can either try to explain it away. You know, find some reasons why it's not for me or doesn't apply to me or not for now or, or whatever. Or what else could you do? You could say, Lord, I see that. I see that and I'm not there, but I'm going to ask you to help me. Believe, I'm going to believe you to elevate my life and my experience and help me to get to the place in faith and understanding where I can walk in this. Right? Instead of watering down the word, explaining it away to make it fit your life. 
Believe God to elevate your life to match the Bible, match the Word. All of us will be doing that. There was a time I was a believer. I got saved, born again as a boy. But I didn't speak in tongues for years. And I saw it in the Bible. I saw it in the book of Acts. I saw it, and I kept seeing it. And that's what I did. I said, Lord, I don't have this. I don't see this. And I struggled with it because of wrong teaching and lack of understanding. I struggled. I went months and years trying to get filled with the Spirit. I didn't have to. I was just thinking wrong. But it would have been so much easier any time along the way to just say, well, now I think maybe this has passed away like they all said. and I think maybe it's not for everybody and not for me and not for today. And Hmm? I'm glad I didn't. I said, I'm glad I didn't. I kept on pursuing it. It was valuable to me. I said it was valuable to me. I saw value in it and I desired it. I desired it. And through my ignorance and through other people even telling me wrong stuff and every other thing, I stayed after it month after month after month until the Lord got me to the right thing and I saw right and thought right and received and started talking in tongues and been doing it ever since. So these tongue talkers, these tongue talkers, I just don't know about them. Well, now you, do you know who you're talking about? You're talking about Paul and Peter and all the apostles in the upper room and all the disciples, all the churches at Corinth and all of them at Ephesus and Colossae and Philippi. Tongue talkers. Tongue talkers. Are you with me now? Tongue talkers. And there's always been folk talking. It's a matter of historical record. Ever since the day of Pentecost, there have been groups throughout the earth that speak in tongues. Let's go to a couple of scriptures that people try to use to say that tongues are not for us nowadays. And let's talk about them. One is chapter 13, 1 Corinthians 13, and verse 8. Love never fails. Whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. Verse 9, for we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. A number of people will take that verse And say, well, you know, the Bible said tongues would cease. And so they have. Well, you can't just take a piece out of the verse. Got to keep the verse together. What did he say? Verse 8. Look at it again. Whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Have all the prophecies ceased to be? Are there still prophecies being fulfilled? Still prophecies coming out and being fulfilled? Well, let's skip the tongues part, then go to the other part. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. Has knowledge vanished away? Passed away? Ceased? Well, then how can you just take one in the middle and pull it out and say, this has already ceased? Doesn't work. See, people are trying to match, make the Bible fit their lack of experience is what's going on. No, look at the next part, verse 9. 
For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, verse 10, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away with. That's referring back to the three things he mentioned. We're prophesying in part. We don't know fully what we're prophesying. We, our knowledge is partial. We know a little bit, but there's so much we don't know. And our tongues. Did you know there was a time when there was only one tongue in the earth? You remember reading about that in Genesis? The whole earth, the Bible said. In fact, I'll get you to put it up on the screen. It's in Genesis, is it 11? Genesis 11, 1. The whole earth was of one language and one speech. And they tried to use their unity, which God himself said was powerful, against God to go their own way. And he found it necessary to divide their languages. And so that's when the different, you know, if you study languages at all, you'll find they have uh, similar roots. And that's because they all came from the same one. And all of the languages of the earth... Will one of these days be done away with? How many understand when you get to heaven, you won't round the corner into a different part of heaven and not understand the language? They go, man, I got to get out of here. I don't know. What kind of people is this? I don't understand a word you're saying. Not going to happen in heaven. Why? Because all that will be done away with. And we won't be speaking in tongues in heaven. Why? We won't need to speak out of our spirit beyond our mind. Our mind will be up with our spirit. (laughs) Oh, come on now. But at this present hour, have we been made perfect in knowledge? Have we arrived? Are we still seeing through a glass darkly? Well, then prophecies are still with us, and then knowledge is still with us, and tongues are still with us. So that's an incorrect interpretation, application of that scripture. Tongues are still with us. Say it out loud. Tongues are for today. Different kinds of tongues are still for today. Uh, back up. To the twelfth chapter, where we just were, let's look at an, this is another scripture that a lot of folk use to try to say tongues are not for us, not for everybody. Verse 27, verse 27, now you are the body of Christ and members in particular. And God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, Thirdly, teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Then he starts asking a question. Are all apostles? What's the answer? No. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Are all workers of miracles? No. Have all the gifts of healings? No. Do all speak with tongues? Obvious answer is no. Do all interpret? Obvious answer is no. But covet earnestly the best gifts. 
and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. So a lot of people that don't speak in tongues have seized on this and they say, well, see, the Bible says right there, do all speak in tongues? And the obvious answer is no. And that's right. The obvious answer is no. But remember, it's not just tongues. It's different kinds of tongues. None of these things that he's talking about in this passage have to do with individual and personal edification. Look through the list. The apostle's prophet. Is that so he can minister to himself? Uh Uh-uh. Prophets. God anoint prophets so they can sit around and minister to themselves, prophesy to themselves. No. Teachers, workers of miracles, gifts of healings. These are all ministry anointings to others. He's talking about ministry gifts. There is a ministry, a flow, I should say it like that, a ministry, just like there's a ministry flow of healing, a ministry flow of working the miracles, there's a ministry flow of speaking in tongues and interpretation. Ministry. Somebody say ministry. Ministry. Does everybody have that ministry? No. No. But can everybody speak in tongues in their own life? Somebody say yes. 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 Say it again. Yes. 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 What did Paul in this 14th chapter, what did he say about speaking in tongues? Look at the... uh, Second verse. Well, verse 1 will be fine. Follow after love and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. For he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. Well, that wouldn't be so with the ministry flow. Here he's talking about a different kind of tongue. Apostles' ministry is two people. Prophets, two people. Teachers, two people, right? And here in the same list is tongues and interpretation of tongues. Here, though, he's talking about you just speaking in tongues and it being unto God. No man understands him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. Now, this solidifies that this is not a language that one learned. There are those that try to make this fit into their concept and they say, well, yes, we have people that are linguists and they have a gift of being able to learn different languages and they become, you know, trilingual and they know five languages and ten languages and they have the gift of tongues. No, no, it's not what this is talking about at all. This is talking about a language, a tongue the speaker does not know. A language the speaker did not learn. No. He that prophesies speaks unto men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. But he that speaks in a tongue, unknown tongue, edifies himself. Does this do any good? This speaking in tongues. That's usually the next question to people that don't speak in tongues. say, well, what good does it do? All this jabbering and carrying on. What good does all that do? Well, read the Bible, brother. He that speaks in a tongue does what? Edifies, builds himself up. That word edify means to build up. 
One commentator said it has the idea of like putting a battery on charge. (laughs) Charging the battery. Well, would that do you any good? That you're praying in tongues, praying in tongues, and it's charging you up. It's building you up on the inside. But Jude 20 said, but you, beloved, building up yourselves, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Somebody say, I believe in it. Now look at verse 5. What did he say? I would that you all spoke with tongues. Hold on, hold on. Everybody? Everybody? Yeah, but what if it ceased and passed away? Couldn't be if he said this. I would that all of you, you all spoke with tongues, but rather that you prophesy. Now keep reading. For greater is he that prophesies. Now let's just stop here. What did our text say? Covet earnestly. The best gifts are actually, if you look up that word, it has to do with greater. Greater. And he said, I would like for all of you to speak in tongues, but rather that you may prophesy. But keep reading. Keep reading. For greater, there's that word, is he that prophesies than he that speaks with tongues, except he interpret, that the church may receive edifying. Here we see that tongues with interpretation is the equivalent of prophecy. And that these are available to us all. Otherwise, he would not say, I would that you all. How many remember Mark 16? Jesus said, these signs will follow them that believe. What do you say? In my name, they will speak with new tongues. I've heard people say, well, that means, you know, you quit cussing and you clean up your life. No, no. You got to interpret Bible language in verses that use the same language. No. He's talking about just this right here. Speaking in tongues. One of the signs that is to follow modern New Testament believers is tongue talking. Jesus said so. Aren't you glad you're a tongue talker? And if you're not, aren't you glad you're in the place where you can begin to be right now? Tonight you can. Oh, it's easier than you know. Easier than you know. But before you're ever going to speak in tongues... You've got to accept the Bible that it's right and that it's for today and that it's for you now. Because if you don't believe that and you don't accept that, you never will. Thank God. Skip down to the 18th verse and see what, you know, actually one theologian one time wrote in his dissertation, obviously not a tongue talker himself. He wrote down and said, Paul had it quite a dim view. Of speaking in tongues. I thought brother. If you are brother. (laughs) Have you read the Bible? What did he say? This bunch that he had to write. The Holy Ghost had to give a whole chapter of instruction to. Because they were just talking in tongues was out of control. He says in verse 18. I thank my God. I speak in tongues more than all of you. The tongue talking is bunch in the Bible. 
Paul said, I got you beat. <laughs> you think you talk in tongues? I talk in tongues more. Must be valuable. Must be important. How many know he must have been a built up man? To do what he did and God to use him all the places that he went, all the things that he went through and came out of and overcame. He had to get some building up somewhere, some strengthening from somewhere. He said, I speak in tongues more than all of you. Now, one reason we're talking about this tonight in the beginning of our series is because I can see a connection between this and all the gifts of the Spirit. And I see a connection that if you reject this, that you also close off yourself from the other gifts and manifestations of the Spirit. So this is extremely important. What you do with tongues affects all the rest of the gifts of the Spirit. If you yield your tongue, how many know the Bible talks about the tongue being like the steering wheel? Like the rudder on the ship, like the bit in the horse's mouth. If you got the steering wheel, you can control the car. If you got the rudder, you can control the ship. If you got the bit and bridle, you can control the horse. If you got the tongue, you control the whole man. What if you can yield your tongue to the Holy Spirit? Then you are well on your way to yielding your whole life. Oh, somebody needed to say amen about that. I said, you are well on your way to yielding your entire life to him. What if you don't yield your tongue to him? Well, the opposite would be so. You're struggling with yielding your life to his. Brother Kenneth Hagin, my father in the faith, he made this observation. I've heard him say it time after time after time. And he did a lot of talking in tongues himself. I was around him a lot and he did. A lot of talking in tongues. He said this. He said, the more I pray and worship God in tongues, the more manifestations of the other gifts of the Spirit I have. The less I speak in tongues, the less of the other manifestations I have. Speaking with tongues is the door. Into the rest of the spiritual gifts. Did you hear that? You want me to read it again? He said the more I pray and worship God in tongues. Now see not all tongues is intercession. A lot of times when we see what they were saying in tongues were given the interpretation. They were praising God. They were giving glory to God. Telling about the wonderful works of God. He mentions in these same chapters we're reading that if you give thanks in the spirit or with tongues, you give thanks well. You could actually give thanks for your food in tongues. Sounds strange to us, doesn't it? But then he says if somebody's there that doesn't understand these things, you're not edifying them. But yet we ought to be around folk that do understand these things at least part of the time. He said, the more I pray and worship God in tongues, the more manifestations of other gifts of the Spirit I have. The less I speak in tongues, the less of the other manifestations I have. Speaking with tongues is the door into all the rest of the spiritual gifts. If we're hungry for the gifts of the Spirit, and this is true, it ought to stir us up. Are we hungry for the gifts of the Spirit? Do we desire word of knowledge? Somebody say word of knowledge. 
I mean, say it dreamily. Word of knowledge. How about word of wisdom? Word of wisdom. So I don't know what that is. It's good. Discerning of spirits. Think about it. Say it. Do you want it? Do you desire it? Gifts of healings. Someone said, well, I believe in healing. No, this is something else. I mean, all healing is the same in essence in nature, but this is a different operation than you just standing and claiming your healing. This is something different yet. Say working of miracles. How does that sound? Working of miracles. Would that be good? Would you be happy when that manifested? Glory to God. Glory to God. Prophecy. Prophecy. Thank you, Father. Faith, he said. Faith. There's a faith beyond the normal faith you walk in day to day. It's a faith that God can drop down in your spirit. Nothing seems impossible to you. You just look at it and dare it not to come to pass. You said, I've never had that. Yeah. And there's a lot of folk never talked in tongues either. But it's all still there. If we really desire these things, and this is true, that speaking in tongues is the doorway into it, and the more we do that, the more of the other have, we already know two huge things to get us on the path tonight. One, desire them, hunger for them, covet them, think about them, talk about them, dream about them, desire them, and two, what? Talk in tongues, talk in tongues, talk in tongues in the morning, talk in tongues in between meals, talk in tongues, talk in tongues when you're riding in your car, talk in tongues when you're sweeping the floor, talk in tongues when you're making the bed, talk in tongues, talk in tongues, talking in tongues. You see, y'all are just weird. Well, you'd have called all these people weird too, including Paul himself. You think he's weird too then? No. It's not weird to God. It's his way. How about let's practice some of it right now. Just close your eyes. Lift up your hands. Begin to speak in tongues. Tongues. <laughs> Evele godoje do doni mangambi andere banane venoche. Oh, sulevre bavele le mafukomer and begreman in a man of on a barre. Evele maneve gomer and brings andiv on a gomber and bread ginning a dog divami anibare. Vele emblemanze van on gombe davenomang diveni meneve de gove la blamen of ongde. Every blade of the city of Ava, the great Bajivada, the Dogobe, and Joe Stony Manadi. Every man defending Gombe, the Vamar, and Brame, the Dingin, and Novel, and Brang, the Gasto, the Gasto, the Gasto, the Gasto, the Gasto. Divle Boss, and Novomar, and Brang, the Gansari, but on Dogin, and Nushe, Nushe. Les dovelen blank bane von dog jane etis city. Hallelujah. In your heart, give thanks with another tongue. Give thanks and tell of the glory of God. Tell of the goodness of God out of your spirit by faith. 
Oh Father, we worship you. Of Nomanglog Zambadi Ochi. We give thanks to you. Men Mandig Zande Oxombe Donyonte Esekov Labare O Stuje Embeze Ompice O Duve O Tonse O Comble O Tive O Menze Ompage. Nimbria Tosco Leprare Vadoce. You are the greatest. You are the Maleblomong Sove and Mande Antace. You are magnificent. You the Mangale Promotion Doce. You the Zalato. You the Zenane. You the Zenombre. Efri Duje Ale Cosilade Nembre Esti Froti Belenince Ale Corredorati E Christi Namande Oloste of La E Deloste. Deloste. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Now what happens when you do, I mean, we, we didn't pray in tongues a minute or two. What happens the longer you do that? What happens? You get more out of your mind and in your spirit. Well, the gifts of the spirit are spiritual, not mental. Not physical. Can you see why Brother Hagin would say that? The more you pray in tongues, more you pray in the Spirit, the more of the other manifestations of the Spirit. Why? It's the same source. Right? Same source. And the more you get in tune and in line with Him, you're going to get other things from Him. Not only utterance in another tongue, but you're going to get other things. Other things. Somebody say praise God. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.